0: Hello, and welcome back to CITR 101.9 FM. You're listening to The Real World. I'm your host, Alex, and we're broadcasting live today from unceded Musqueam and Coast Salish territory um, here on the UBC campus in Vancouver, BC. Real World is associated with UBC Film Society. Um, it's one of the oldest clubs on campus. It's a really awesome club. And this is mostly a place where I just talk with my friends about movies that we watched. Um, today is also Film Society's monthly beer garden beer beer list garden i guess wink wink but anyways they'll be watching troll two in um, full halloween spirit so you can come up for that at 7 30 p.m tonight in room 0011 in the basement of the life building and um, there's also going to be a movie ticket raffle i believe for terminator tickets so you don't want to miss that um, the event's free with your five dollar film sock membership In other exciting Film Society world news, the Norm is going to be reopening, which is crazy cool. Um, That's been, like, I don't know, years in the process of reopening since the life building's been built. Um, But the first screening is going to be there next Thursday at 630. And then the grand reopening, I believe, is on November 15th. Um, So definitely check that out. I think that's going to totally change I don't know, events on campus and things like that. Um, Yeah, that's really exciting. I'm super happy to announce I have two lovely souls in the studio today with me, my friends Reed and Alec. Hi, guys.
1: Hello. Hello. How's it going?
0: Oh, such low voices here today. (laughs) Where's Bex? Um, Reed's a familiar face here on Real World, um, but this is Alec's first time. Welcome. First time in the ring. (laughs) Alec also hosts Flashback um, every other Sunday at 3 p.m. Yes. And his next show will be on November 3rd. Yep. With
1: Frankie Cosmos. So you don't want to miss sure. that. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, let's fingers crossed. Yeah. Like nobody drinks that. Um, but that'll be really cool. And you should definitely go see Frankie Cosmos on November 2nd
1: at Fortune Sound Club.
0: That's where it is, huh? Yeah. I kind of forgot that. That's okay. Insane. Seems like it's such a random thing. That's going to be my first like time like that, at right? Fortune, and it's not even to go clubbing. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know, it's <laughs> Disney Frankie Cosmos. Yeah, that's And like they have a
1: kind vibe, but I don't think Fortune itself has like very like kind energy when I'm there. Yeah. So I, I just I think haven't... it's such a hilarious no. juxtaposition.
0: Yeah, I think so. Whoa, that'll be weird. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited. So today I have gathered you all here <laughs> to talk <laughs> about Joker, which I didn't really expect I would want to watch or watch, but I want to do something Halloween-y, but also something recent and relevant and maybe even controversial. Who knows? So that's what's brought us here today. Um, Yeah, I think we're all, we all have like either mixed feelings or strong, very strong feelings (laughs) in One Direction. So it'll be kind of an interesting um, dissection and round table here. But uh, I think I wanted to start just on the film as, like, a DC world. I don't know. I mm-hmm. I do not know anything about comic books, so, yeah. like, don't take anything I say seriously. And full disclaimer, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, I read a lot of stuff about just how, like, Joker really um, is distinct from other comic book movies and DC stuff or Marvel stuff that we've been seeing in the past, you know, what, five years now i don't know yeah no 10
2: even yeah the whole marvel universe yeah whereas this
0: one is much lower on like special effects and you know crazy explosions stuff like that and much more strongly emotional i would say yeah definitely. and like asks for a much stronger emotional performance from the lead actor who's joaquin phoenix um yeah and i guess it deals so much more with mental health and all of that stuff so it's in content going to be different no matter what. But I was just kind of curious your guys' thoughts on how this compares to what's already existing as far as comic book movies go.
1: Um, I don't, like, I'll just start by saying I don't think I like the movie that much. But I do think <laughs> it, put that it did <laughs> feel kind of fresh just in the fact mm-hmm. that they, they, like, were trying something new and I think that's commendable, right? Because I don't think there. I can't really point to any other superhero movies and be like, wow, that felt... At least, kind of different, right? Right. Um, it's very like cookie cutter, which isn't necessarily good or bad. It's just the state of it. So I thought that was interesting. I think I don't know how far this is going to go. I think they're doing like a whole series of DC movies now that are going to be like that, like lower budget and um, maybe for more mature audiences and like standalone, mm-hmm. which I think could be cool. It has the potential for cool things. Um, I thought this movie had some cool potential that. I don't know if I think it uh <laughs> delivered on. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. Yeah.
2: It that's, that's the one thing it like it did have potential for sure, but then it it sort of felt like it was it was lacking in certain areas. No. I so I saw it twice, uh Alex and I went the other day and that was my second time seeing it. And I did enjoy it more the second time. Oh. Um, funnily enough. But uh it was yeah, it was an interesting experience. The first time I felt like it was pretty much it it was it's really inspired by a lot of other films I find yeah and as a and going back to the whole DC thing it felt like it was almost a retelling it was so heavily inspired by these other films that it was kind of just painted over glossed over with this comic book DC mm-hmm. sort of gloss and then presented as such um, and so for that that sort of left a bad taste in my mouth like not taking away from all the good elements of it but as a movie as a whole, sending a message or just being original, it might have lacked a little bit in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. What are your kind of overall feelings, Reed? I feel like I, in my head, I thought you really liked it. Yeah. But now I don't know how you feel about it, actually.
2: I was, so the, <laughs> yeah, so I, mean the second, um, the second time I was, I was, well, both times, I was actually really entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is entertaining uh, and in a sort of, because you don't know what to expect and that's the nature of the character um and it always has been in the comics and 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 in this film every sort of uh reiteration of the joker you always get that mm-hmm. um and joaquin does it in a really interesting way um or phoenix i'm not sure i should refer to him we're on a first name basis yeah, we're first first actually hit, yeah. We're
1: <laughs> he's on the next episode of <laughs> Tune in. um
2: well Joaquin Phoenix does a great job at that um just the scenes where you don't y- you really don't know what he's going to do um a- and he he presents himself in a sort of way that is can can go either way mm-hmm. cuz you see you see him as a really sad lonely character um and, and really not capable of much mm-hmm. if you at the beginning um you say oh he's sad he you know he doesn't doesn't have anything going for him he really you know what could he do but it's that sort of those uh weights stacking up on his back that kind of bring him down and then finally lets it all go and you see what he can do and that sort of flip uh and that unexpected switch and lots of different scenes um were entertaining for me Mm -hmm. uh and 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 a weird sort of like comedic level it's really dark you know but like a lot of the scenes are quite like oh like funny funny yeah, <laughs> yeah. funny in a I way agree. like yeah
1: even if it's just for like their shock can we We can. yeah for their spoilers, shock right? right yes
0: yes okay we'll spoil this for you
2: <laughs> spoiler <It's> okay <laughs> so in the
1: scene in the scene when he shoots de niro yeah uh, that's my favorite scene of the movie just because it's not necessarily surprising that he that's when he like snapped you know but it yeah. was mm-hmm. still there wasn't like much time showing him drawing the gun or aiming the gun, it was just a very quick draw shoot. Yeah. De Niro's dead on live TV. <laughs> and I felt like that really captured like the intensity of the the snap, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, I don't want to use the word funny because like it's a murder on live right. TV, but it, it, it was just so shocking that you're kind of like, oh my, oh my God, he just yes. did that, right? Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. I, I think that's, I yeah. was kind of just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but then I wasn't surprised either. And like we talked no, about yeah. this after. um, If that, even happened, you know, if if this is kind of just a projection of his own psyche and right. his own, you know, whatever is going on in his head, or if this is something that actually happened. Because yeah. realistically, like, somebody admits to a triple murder on live television, they're probably going to cut right there, yeah. right? But
2: Yeah. Do we want to get into conspiracy theories? Oh, no, okay.
0: Not conspiracy <laughs> theories, but, like, I think not, it, yeah. it's pretty... A, it's a valid theory no I think. it
2: is yeah it's just not conspiracy the theory theories. That,
1: and the theory with that right is that the whole like two hours is in his head and he's in the asylum the whole time right,
2: right? yeah Oh, the, well, the, yeah there's that one like, yeah the whole thing is he's in the asylum. there's other the other one would be like maybe not quite that and he does go to the asylum after all this mm-hmm. but sort of the perspective changes a bit um in like this end of the second into the third act uh Or most of the second, actually, like when he starts having the fake relationship and everything like that. Because you see all these things from his perspective and going on the show are all sort of his reality. The way he sees things or the way Mm -hmm. he imagines them um, aren't actually what maybe happened, but that's the film and that's what you're presented with. It's it's about him.
0: Right. I think that's where, too, it really pulls away from like, the common themes and ways that other comic book movies have been presented is that it's a very kind of omniscient narrator kind of thing. Not yeah. a narrator, but but we can believe everything that's happening, yeah. you know? But this one actually really plays with this yeah. idea of unreliability mm-hmm. and... Like,
1: subjectivity and... Yeah, the fact that,
0: like, things might actually not be what they seem and we're more plunged into the character's perspective rather than just us as viewers watching this whole thing play out. Yeah.
2: yeah, which you don't really see say in a Marvel movie for sure like that's this is the narrative this is what's happening mm-hmm. and things happen to the characters and there's conflict yeah you don't, acts, there's you don't question no it you don't question subjectivity, the subjectivity there. or anything
1: um I think like the kind of the current like this movie's had a lot of viral moments right mm-hmm. but the current one is uh everyone talking about him dancing on the stairs mm-hmm. and like putting it to different songs and stuff all these different things oh I need Um But there's one shot that I didn't even really notice because I I don't actually pay that much attention to movies when I watch them. But while he's dancing (laughs) on the stairs, uh, like he like throws the cigarette early on and then later it's in his mouth again. And I don't know if that was a mistake (laughs) or not, but kind of tying back to like this idea of subjectivity, I kind of like the idea that maybe that was intentional. Because none of this is real, so it doesn't really matter if the cigarette's in his mouth or not. You know, Cause yeah. he's just having a his, thing in his head. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah,
0: what a good basis for a film. Basically, any mistakes you make can be. Uh, yeah, like that's the, the beauty. <laughs> drawn of it, right? back to that idea. Yeah, I've seen another thing circulating around about um like the clocks in the movie all being the same, same time yeah. or something, yeah, which so like shows
2: the conspiracy. Yeah, like the time's not moving, yeah. and he's oh. just stuck
0: somewhere. I don't. I knew that before even watching the film, but I wasn't paying attention. I also have a really hard time paying yeah. attention during movies, um, so I didn't really catch that.
2: Yeah, which is why, like, watching it a second time for me was good because it was like, okay, this is the narrative. Now let's start watching it for other things. I could things. see some
1: rewarding value in that, yeah. actually.
2: Um, yeah, you
0: probably have the most kind of focused perspective on it. I feel like I... Just passed out for two hours.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, I, just experienced it. Uh, I, also with the stairs. Not really relevant to the film, but it's in a it's in a neighborhood in Queens, I believe, um, because most of the film mm-hmm. was shot in sort of pretty rough areas in New York. Because Todd Phillips wanted to create this yeah. kind of energy of Gotham, like this, like taxi driver seventy. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's yeah. The, all that all that vibe. Um, so it, it's become a really big uh, Instagram place uh, or instagrammable place so oh. all these people are, like brooklyn people yeah. and and manhattan people are going to <laughs> and uh going to queens to so this really rough area like has a super high percentage crime rate and uh and just taking instagram photos and things on the stair on the staircase because it's in the joker and residents are actually really upset about be it so annoying um, right. that
0: kind of parallels parts of the story parts of the exactly the class yeah, exactly thomas wayne all that
2: which is interesting the yeah, thomas wayne is stuff interesting. is
0: interesting like, yeah that's a side of the waynes i feel like we they don't because usually he's like really.
1: the benevolent billionaire right mm-hmm. um and again i think every time i praise this movie i want to preface by saying i actually don't like it that much but i think it does <laughs> <some cool things. laughs> I think it sets out to do some really cool things. And I think my my issue is maybe more on how well it delivers those things, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. But I do think there is, like, a worthwhile reading of this movie as being quite left. um, Because, of course, his state is only worsened by... And, again, this is kind of if you get rid of the ideas that maybe this was all in his head. Mm -hmm. um, This has to be, like, I think, at least in my opinion, it has to be a very, like, material, like, reality-based analysis of the movie. But, like, his uh, social services are cut... Um, he's constantly like alienated by um like wealthier people who are like literally just oper- like function as bullies you mm-hmm. know like there's the people on the train that of course he, yeah the he wall street guys and, yeah. yeah um and I do think like there is some interesting like commentary and maybe on how, on how like society does create its own monsters. I think it's like a little ham fisted especially the like the line when he's on de Niro's show and is like what do you get when you cross?
2: Yeah, the final joke—an
1: alienated white guy with like a bunch of terrible things happening to him. Yeah, that's you know,
0: not hitting the nail on the head. So it's right like a, yeah. a,
2: a mentally ill person, who <laughs> mentally gets ill loner, loner who gets stepped on and and abused. Blah blah blah, and then yeah, yeah
1: After
0: you
2: get what that, you deserve. <laughs> I
0: was just like, oh, okay, so that's the whole premise. Of exactly. The yeah, I'm glad we could wrap that up nice and neat. <laughs> yeah, just
2: exactly.
1: It's like if you didn't get what this is
2: about, here, here it is. is. No, I know, I, and the thing is, like, I did find it a bit cringe. But I think also that's a little bit of of the point was that like this is just a guy like breaking and like and he's just saying what's in his and you see like because sometimes it can be a little uncomfortable when people actually just flip and snap and that's strange and like and they just say what's on their mind and that's sort of like it's really jolting and you kinda of be like, uh eh, but like at the same time It was also it also kind of worked. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I guess also the fact that he has to kind of spell it out that much in in this kind of cry for help, but at this point, you know, he's already killed people. Like he's already gone past Mm -hmm. the point of no return, I would say. Yeah. But but that's what it takes to be heard, I guess, or to be listened to. Maybe is to be on live television on the show and have to say something as blatant mm-hmm. and obvious as that.
1: Yeah. And like kind of humiliating as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. Like I think the very, like very much, this is a film about like the humiliation of, of, of someone who's just like kind of like, he's not, he is marginalized. Yeah. I think that's like sa- safe to say. Mm-hmm. And, um, and not only is it like unjust or unjust and, and um, alienating, but it also is like humiliating. Right. Right. um Another interesting thing I think about this in the same vein is um kind of looking at Thomas Wayne as like a i like to think of him not as like a conservative like mayor running mm-hmm. who's gonna just like be like straight up like just vile, you know, but I think of like maybe this really like well meaning quote unquote liberal politician like a like a Bill Clinton or a Rahm emanuel in chicago um who. Runs on this, like, idea of, like, social liberalism and um, expanding social services and all that, but then actually uh, behind closed doors is, like, cutting all these services, right, Mm -hmm. Um, and is doing quite a conservative mandate. And I think you've seen – we've seen so many different politicians like that, right, Um, and I think now it's really easy to look back and and point at all of them. Um, But I think that's an interesting way to look at Thomas Wayne as one of those Mm -hmm. who who comes off as well-meaning, has this great reputation – and then, like behind closed doors, is actually working nights and weekends to make people's lives worse, hmm. right?
0: Right. Yeah. I guess we never see that kind of.
1: Yeah.
2: No, we don't. Like, there's
0: no focus. There's never been any focus on Thomas Wayne. Well, right? like in the
2: in the comics, you you see a bit more about him and things like or past origin yeah. stories and everything. It's like he's a doctor, philanthropist, like starter of Wayne Corp. He's usually a really good guy. Re- always, yeah. always has been mm-hmm. a good guy, but. Mm. I mean, obviously, uh, Bruce was something like ten years old or whatever when they were killed as well. So y- you never—I mean, everyone—you always hear good things about it, but yeah, you, but he's not like relevant. It's hard to, later yeah, on he he can he he has his perspective obviously, and other people can say good things, but no, yeah. you never you never really know, yeah. Yeah, and I guess so.
0: he—I mean, I think I agree with what you were saying, Alec. And he kind of represents like. Yeah, well-meaning, well-intentioned, but very severely out of touch, mm-hmm. I think, and not necessarily realistic yeah. or um, tries to be sympathetic, but also makes no attempt to really understand what the people he wants to represent are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Joker definitely kind of illustrates that rift between, you know, what he wants for all these people and like their view of him. Yeah. Um, so there's so much yeah anti wayne anti wealth sentiment mm-hmm. in the movie Definitely. um yeah. so after what's his name arthur arthur mm-hmm. <laughs> kills the three guys on the um subway it kind of starts this whole like movement of people going against what's happening in gotham and going against um like city government and stuff like that so everyone's using like the joker symbol as uh as masks yeah. and as kind it's of like a, a symbol of like uprising a mascot or, of this yeah. movement yeah which becomes interesting and in that makes Arthur feel more seen mm-hmm. and kind of like validated and all that um yeah I don't know I guess I I don't know the comic books well or anything but is that something that happened in other renditions of the Joker, like, the, that the, idea of, like, a, a social movement or political movement stemming from his actions.
2: He He's always had followers and sympathizers, which is interesting. It's like there's always a sense of one when, when Joker's out. um But we just see
0: them as these goons, right? Yeah, and actually. Like thugs. Yeah, exactly. Catchmen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Um, there also, there is in a, a different rendition in, I think it's the Dark Knight Returns. Um, by Frank Miller, I believe that's it. Uh, where it's like sort of like a very future old Batman, like quite old. Like he's like 60s. super fascist too, isn't he? In that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like and then he, yeah, he, he he's super fascist yeah. and it, so because it's like Gotham's just gone completely. Is this a AWOL. movie? No, it's uh, a cartoon. It's a com- is originally a, a graphic, originally novel. Com- graphic oh, okay. novel, comic yeah. book. Um, was turned into a animated film though, mm. which is actually quite good. Um, but in that. You do see a lot of like this sort of movement, these people who are really behind Joker because actually and Joker is dead already, mm-hmm. but people have uprised in in his in his memory sort of as this uh, chaotic anarch anarchic uh, spirit right. and, and entity. So in that regard, yeah, that's kind of a new, So that might be some inspiration for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I think this is, is I haven't read The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. which I, like, I love Batman comics, so yeah. I'm really surprised I haven't. But I think the Joker is a really interesting character um, for actually, like, using him to explore Batman more than for him being an interesting character himself. Because in, like, 95% of all Joker-related media, he's just kind of, like, a symbol of, like, chaotic, unknowable, unfathomable yeah. Yeah. evil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no way to crack at, like, what the human behind that, you know? I think The Dark Knight one thing it does really well and I think it's like definitely worth revisiting for maybe it's like post 9/11 commentary um, in that Joker is this othered evil we don't understand why he's like this we don't understand what his his project is it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense mm-hmm. um, and it forces Batman to make a series of insane moral compromises right we've all seen The Dark Knight yeah, yeah. and like he's like spying on citizens yeah. of Gotham and just doing all and Getting really close to, like, this line between, like, just and unjust. Um, and I think Joker works really well in that and kind of – I think you could really like, just apply it to maybe to, like, the Iraq War or, like, the war in Afghanistan where Joker represents this, like, this unknowable evil that we're fighting, quote, unquote, evil that we're fighting. Um, and Batman would represent, like, the U.S. and kind of having to make all these moral compromises for the sake mm. of the so-called greater good. hmm I think Joker works well for that because he is unknowable. So this movie kind of grounds him. Grounds him. Yeah. Takes that away, but there's no Batman, so you don't necessarily have anything to contrast him to. True. Um, and I just think I think it's so different. I and it kind of it's like hard for me to even be like, oh, this is the Joker, because I'm so used to the Joker being this like unknowable mm-hmm.
2: evil. Yeah. You know. Because you think you do get to know Arthur quite well. I think like the st- yeah. the, the, the movie does present that where like. There's there are certain points as bad as it is to say like of course you're gonna you're gonna sympathize or empathize with this character uh, at yeah. certain yeah, points. Yeah, I mean, they, I think they want so, that. They, they want to exactly, know, and and absolutely. it's not like you're gonna sympathize with him in a in a later state. You know, right. near the end when he's at, like actually gone off the off the wall but uh, more so like when it, you see him struggling you yeah. see why he gets that way
1: and i mean like yeah like he was like as a child right it wasn't he, he was chained up yeah and, he was and chained and, up. And, you know Beaten. like it's it's horribly traumatic and and you kind of have to understand where like why he is what he is and how everyone is kind of complicit in in letting people like this maybe fall through the cracks yes. mm-hmm. yeah and then i also just think getting into, like, the commentary that surrounded this movie about, like, incels or just alienating right. white guys, yeah. there's a difference between condoning what they do, which is, like, evil and vile and horrific, and, and no one should do that, you know? No, no like, normal person should condone any of that. But also, I think it's important to try and find ways to, to prevent these people from falling through, the, you know? Even though, like, most of the time it, it's, it's white guys who are relatively privileged in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. Yeah it's still an issue that's not going away. Right. And, and what, like regardless of whether or not Joker is like a good movie, I think it's at least interesting in showing how people like that still can slip through the cracks and, and the devastating effects that can have on us. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's, I mean, a lot of people have, this is kind of stirring up the controversy around the Mm -hmm. movie, right? But, um, the potential risk of having a movie like this and these kinds of like copycat effects or, um, inspiring people i guess yeah to commit similar crimes or um they feel you know like affirmed or like validated by that character in a way that you know isn't beneficial
2: troubling yeah i was like i I knew about all of it beforehand i had been following everything like i'm following it even before it went to venice uh and then and then it won it won the award at Mm -hmm. venice film festival right where it's like okay so this could actually be a, a really good film. Like it won, the the lion, the Venice lion, uh, and the, but then then all the start stuff starts coming out. But it's, like, it's a dangerous film. You shouldn't see it. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna ha- all this stuff is gonna happen. Um, but and I so I didn't and I was like but I was like it's just a film and I don't like to believe that of m- most media. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did go into it with a you know I. I so showing showing like slightly my bias like I didn't want it to be a political message but I really even now after two times seeing it I just I don't think it it is a, an overtly say right not yeah not definitely not right wing no it's not, not like, like, like alt-right that. or definitely not like showing sympathy for for incels like these stories have been showed before mm-hmm. and I don't I, it, I think it's the time that we're in that it's getting the controversy.
0: I don't think it's in any way like the intention of the filmmakers to stir up those kinds of things, you know, but I think you still, as someone with that platform and with that power to create, you know, media that does influence millions of people, like how cautious do you need to be in tackling these kinds of issues and portraying them in a way that, you know, is, is, going to be beneficial or at yeah. the very least not like inciting violence or inspiring yeah. people or things like that yeah like it's kind of a shaky line and and we were just talking about um yeah that at the Venice Film Festival when it premiered it had like an eight minute standing no, ovation yeah. or something yeah um but we should also remember that that's not the U.S. or Canada True. you know like those audience members may not have the same kind of um emotional response that a lot of people here have who have you know been surrounded by news of like yeah. gun violence or may have been like personally affected or have friends or family who are affected by that yeah. um so i feel like that film festival where it premieres is like a little bit removed from the context that it's being shown here yeah um so like in that sense i i don't know i'm very mixed yeah. feelings about it all because i really get where people are coming from when they talk about how it is a little bit of a slippery slope to be making something that is so like sympathetic and all that um but at the same time like like alex said it's also beneficial to show how like a system can fail people mm-hmm. and to use that more as um a springboard to fix the system as well yeah mm-hmm.
1: i made the joke i was home for in the states for thanksgiving weekend mm-hmm. and i was like trying to get some of my friends who were around like to go see joker for they had already seen it but i was like no i want the rush of seeing this in like an american theater
0: oh my gosh <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't know if i can <laughs> even laugh at that but
1: well i know it's just like a dark right but um i i just i think a lot of the the fear or, like, the label of this movie is dangerous is is kind of the media's f- fault. Because I think people were writing about this movie without having seen it. Mm-hmm, and, like, yeah. I think some of those concerns may be valid, but I think it became such a hubbub um, that was grounded on speculation, and then it kind of just got lost in, like, an echo chamber of everyone speculating yeah. that this movie was dangerous, that... Any, like, good politics that it could have, which I think it has decent politics, got completely undermined, Mm -hmm. you know? Um,
0: And then people are going into this film with all of that in mind, so there's, like, a little bit more bias there, I think, before you even watch it.
1: Yeah, I I just—I think it was, like, irresponsible of, like, the the journalists and critics who wrote about this movie saying it was dangerous without seeing it and saying that— it would inspire real world violence like over and over again without, mm-hmm. without any concrete examples of that happening. Right, the one thing that people would report to was the the tragedy in Aurora, Colorado, mm-hmm. when uh, there was a shooting at the screening of The Dark Knight Rises. Right, but that's not even the Joker movie; it's the Bane movie.
0: Right, but I think the but, and like attacker dressed as I, I think, think he I had think dyed that, hair. I think
2: uh, yeah that that whole story was like kind of blown out of proportion and the the sort of yeah. I, I believe so. I'm not sure exactly, but, but... I Yeah,
0: I was reading about it this morning and that, like, he had told the police reportedly that he, quote, was the Joker. Ooh, so, scary. like, I think it just hit, yeah. you know, a sensitive place for people and, like, that's why that kind of reporting yeah. came out of it. Um, I just
1: think it's dangerous how how all-consuming that reporting was, though, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think... I don't know, maybe this is like a hot take, but I think I think that kind of reporting coverage of it was maybe like was more dangerous than the film itself was and made the film more dangerous than it, it ever actually was.
3: Yeah.
0: In, in what way?
1: Um, I don't know. I just think it felt like I don't I'm not saying this about any reporter specifically, but it just felt like like they wanted they wanted some sort of violence to happen so they could be like, see, this movie's bad and dangerous and should be shunned. Mm. Because they know? need
2: something to blame other than, like, other than the actual problems. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: that's the thing. It's so much easier to boycott a movie um, than it is to actually get mad about any sort of like systemic yeah. injustice or make yeah, some like exactly. policy change. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. like it's it's very much. Um, it Ralph happening. Wiggum from The Simpsons being like, "I'm helping," you know.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's been happening for for ages. Lately. Yeah, to, like violent video games, uh, violent movies, and like you at at the end of the film, I think you said it's. That, oh, that was like less violent than I expected, right? Right. Yeah. And
0: I had been, you know, going off of all of these kinds of exactly. and yeah, Things like that. And I I went into it being like, I might be really scared or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really like watching violent movies. Yeah. Um, but it was really kind of only a few instances and that's mm-hmm. also, you know, I'm probably very like numbed out at this point. Yeah. Of we're all of, we're all all of the yes. like just stuff that's out there. Um, but still, it wasn't. It wasn't excessive. Yeah. To me, or like more than I th- expected. Yeah.
2: And an interesting like tidbit is like, so Deadpool also an R-rated comic book movie by Marvel. Um, Deadpool is much more. Deadpool violent, is, I is would extremely say. more violent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and like it's been compared by other reviewers and things like that, and saying like, well, look at this other comic book R-rated movie. Is more violent. Uh, where was, you know, where's the backlash on that? Yeah. And it is about the context because that's very comedic violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Reynolds plays this character and, and everything is a kind of a joke.
0: Yeah, and not as based in kind of like real life. Whereas,
2: whereas Joker is more of a sort of dark, gritty story and yeah. the violence is, is visceral, more visceral. Mm-hmm. And
1: if you look at who the violence is directed at as well, yeah.
2: right? Um, if
1: Arthur Fleck actually was like an incel, it would probably be at women. Mm-hmm. But
0: I mean, he did kill his mom, right? Yeah. But it wasn't.
1: It wasn't. That was a whole other weird. It wasn't, thing, uh, I think, yeah, it wasn't like right? sexual violence. But most of his most of his violence was directed at like the more like powerful classes, mm-hmm. right? Um, so again, I just think that was also kind of misreported, right? Like his violence wasn't like this weird incel violence towards people who, not saying like not saying rich people deserve to die. Let's right. be very clear. But it was directed at, like, those who, to some degree, have kind of made his own situation worse. Mm-hmm. Or embodiments
2: of, yeah, of, exactly. the, of the problems, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I was thinking, even when he kills the three guys on the train, you know, it's... I mean, I'm not saying it's right by yeah. any means, but in in a lot of sense, like, it was self-defense. It, mm-hmm. self it was self-defense. Until also, the last one. It he was did also, not need to yeah. do that. Yeah,
2: what, what? like, what are those guys um would they have bothered that woman even more to an mm-hmm. extent if if he hadn't had a, a had a laughing fit or started having a laughing no. fit and and distracted them and brought the attention to himself which yeah. caused them to beat him up and then he retaliated I suppose mm-hmm.
0: but. um I think it'd be a good time to take a quick break but I'd be interested to talk about when we get back I don't know I was just really curious about like violent films in general and like why yeah. are the top you know grossing films in the whole world I think I think Joker has moved up to like maybe the top grossing rated R film really? right I think
2: now. I
1: think it just did
2: yeah yeah it's like I said
0: as of yeah today Yeah. Wow. it happened yeah um, so it has more than like m- almost 800 million dollars worldwide box office which is like crazy sorry how much Seven hundred seventy-eight yeah. oh, yeah. million okay, dollars. Wow. Yeah, okay. And that was as of Wednesday, so it's yeah. probably just steadily rising. Uh, one. Can I
1: say one thing yes. before we go to break? I do think, um, maybe it wasn't even inadvertent. I think I think that also the whole media controversy around this film was maybe one of the most successful movie marketing campaigns. True. I've ever very, seen. Very organic. True. Where yeah. now everyone, even people who wanted to hate this movie, had to go pay and see it. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. Warner you have Brothers to give is money laughing their way to the bank, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Very true. I actually didn't even think about <laughs> Good that. Good on them, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna play a few songs and stuff. Um, first up is "Strathcona" by Kylie V. And then I'm gonna play a couple songs by Cara Bonito, who's playing tonight at the Rickshaw. I'm going. Maybe see you there. It'll be fun. Um, but we'll be right back.
5: what's a world without music?
3: Okay, here's what I found for world without music.
0: Bleak and dreary and empty. Boring. Really boring. I wouldn't say dead, but... Really grim. A disaster.
5: It's a world I don't want to live in. Luckily, we don't have to live in that world. And if keeping music alive in this world is important to you, come out to the fundraiser for CITR's music department. It's happening Saturday, November 9th at Redgate and will feature the musical stylings of local favorites, Ponytails, Sleepy Gonzalez, and Kylie V. Doors at 8, $10 suggested donation at the door, though no one turned away for lack of funds. That's Saturday, November 9th. Come shake a leg and show your love for CITR's music department. Wow, that sounds lit. Don't miss the dreamy guitar-pop sounds of Penelope Isles. Catch this up-and-coming band live at the Biltmore Cabaret on October 29th. Tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.com and Red Cat Records. Presented by MRG Concerts, CITR Radio, and Discorder Magazine.
0: C-A-T-R-1-1.9-F-M You're listening to The Real World right now I'm your host Alex And I'm joined by my good friends Reed and Alec Hello Hello, Hello. Um, Welcome back So we left off talking about um, Violent movies Today's episode is about Joker If you're just tuning in um, But I was kind of just wondering Your guys thoughts about The fact that the highest grossing films a lot of them these days are uh violent violent movies thoughts feelings um i guess I yeah we really I, just I think, expended all our thoughts during that break <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think in the abstract it is a really like horrifying concept i don't think it has that many concrete implications on like real world violence at least in like our, like, privileged here in North America everyday lives, you know? Mm -hmm. But with that said, I do think, like, the fascination with violence in media and, like, kind of the celebration of it, um, maybe, like, in, like, uh, in in how we view other parts of the world affects that. So whether that be um, if it makes us less, like, anti-war, you know? Mm. Um, I think that's maybe the most common way that this manifests is, uh, like I was saying earlier with Heath Ledger Joker who kind of represented this like evil other that you that's unknowable um so some moral compromises and violence like has to be like utilized right
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah like i don't I don't think I've been privy ever to like any sort of manifestation of of internalized the internalization of all this like violent media right mm-hmm. but I definitely think it, it shapes kind of a, a discourse. Around violence, like I listened to a podcast once about this video game series called Metal Gear Solid. It talked about, like, oh my gosh, yes, paper about that. I was Metal Gear Solid. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we should talk about that. Um, I'm like playing the games right now. They're crazy. Which one are you want? On? The first one, nice. But I've also <laughs> played some of the Phantom Pain. Anyway, um, they talked about how like war is like aestheticized in that, hmm. right? Um, and I think that kind of captures like that like sentiment or that, that line kind of captures how. Violence is also quite aestheticized. I hope I'm saying that word right. But, like, I think of, like, Kingsman, um, that famous scene where he's in the church. Uh, Have you guys seen Kingsman? The first one? Yeah. Yeah. And he's in the church, and it's, like, one long take of him just going through and, like, killing everyone in this church, right? And, like, they're all under some weird, like, mind control thing. It's not just, like, pure, like, violence, but it is an extremely violent... Yeah. Um, super stylized, mm-hmm. really fun scene. Such a really good music. You know, it, it's awesome. It's so yeah, cool. Yeah,
0: we love fight scenes. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Um, but then like the other day, Donald Trump just got in, in trouble because one of his his weird online followers took a video or took that clip from Kingsman, put Trump's face over Colin Firth as he goes through and kills everyone, yeah. and then it's <laughs> kind of funny actually. Put like the like like CNN. Uh, MSNBC on Find the faces the of all the people he kills. Yeah, outlets, uh. <laughs> and then people like thought, I thought it was like, I was like, this is kind of silly, but I get why this is like troubling, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. some of the people were actually like real, like the faces of real politicians. Yeah. And it, I just think kind of shows how uh, violence has just become such a part of our like imagination, you know?
0: Yeah. Or just the more exposed we are to it, the more it needs to ramp up. Yeah. To it's, impact us. It's
1: rare when violence in a movie is, like, quite, like, effective or shocking or troubling or, mm-hmm. like, yeah. offensive, you know, because, yeah. like, it's often so fun. Yeah. I um, mean, you
2: do find different people. Uh, like, I, I have friends who, who just not, like, will, will, like always cover their eyes still, like, with, yeah. with violence. And, like, and, and I, I find that interesting for me, like, because I guess I am quite desensitized to it because, mm-hmm. like, I, I I just watch it. It doesn't really phase me at no. all. It doesn't really matter what it is um if it's like completely outlandish uh i guess we're uh, yeah like in say like Tarantino violence uh, I that's think. what i was thinking of, exactly that's yeah. completely outlandish and and he's criticized too for for the violence that mm-hmm. he shows um but like he does it in a way where it's totally unrealistic like yeah a- and it's it's completely over the top for just aesthetic like appeal kind of yeah um but uh a- and people don't like that either but like when I see something like that, I'll I'll kind of like laugh because it's meant to be sort of comedic. Like it's it's meant mm-hmm. to be over the top and f- and f- and fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just the the understanding of difference between like fiction and reality, really. So it's like, yeah, these aren't real people. Like these these are characters, and that you know, I guess that's that.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: know? I also just think like, I think I think maybe the most affected I've ever been by, and this isn't even technically violence. Um, but just like, like blood and body stuff in a movie that I can remember that I had to like actually cover my eyes. Mm. Um, this was a couple of years ago. I saw Black Hawk Down, which oh I'd never gosh. seen before. Yeah. I saw that and when I was like six. That'd be so I traumatic. I Black Hawk yeah. Down pretty young. You probably. know the scene when they have to do surgery on his leg mm-hmm. and you like see the bone? Yeah. I can't, like, I can't watch that. It's too much. But I can, and again, like Tarantino stuff looks way more cartoonish, exactly. but it's still like human bodies just being like terribly like. Yeah, it's terribly, contextual, like, right? Like, so yeah. one
0: is like, yeah, very stylized, very can be funny i guess and black hawk down's very like
1: visceral and yeah, yeah. And, and I mean
0: like, it's more serious too it's yeah. Yeah. about war, war and soldiers and things
2: like that but yeah. like, there's no ounce of It's true yeah, i think it is very contextual it's there. the same as like when you watch um say like saving private ryan like the dune Doon- like yeah. the d day Doomsday. d day scene <laughs> uh it is it is like terrible like that's hard to watch mm-hmm. for me and that's violence and like yeah, that's but but then it's and it is it's visceral, Um but it's I guess yeah. So like war stuff is definitely maybe because it's grounded more in reality. I, I think it's yeah, it's, it's contextual for sure.
0: Yeah, and I guess I mean people have family members or yeah, of course friends or whatever that are veterans and things like that. Yeah. So it's much more hard hitting maybe. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and also with with that, it's like okay, this was D Day. This actually happened. Mm-hmm. Black Hawk Down, I'm not sure if it's based on a real story or if it's just... I think it is. Yeah, exactly. So I- these are like quite real uh, representations or retellings of, of these stories where something is where quite purely fictitious. I guess you can kind of understand that and should view it as such mm-hmm. maybe, if you're getting, I don't know, some sort of enjoyment out of the violence. Right, but.
0: definitely the strongest scene. Not okay, The strongest violence, not like strongest that I like it. Um scene in Joker was when he kills that guy, like, his coworker or something in his own home.
2: Yeah, with the scissors, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and then kind of, like, smashes so his head on the a wall. And then smashes the his so head into the wall, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. I actually did kind of have to close my eyes for that. Yeah, I, know, I noticed you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Everybody saw me. I had, I'd seen like, it. my jacket up by my face. Yeah,
2: <laughs> because I had seen it already, like, obviously I knew what to expect, and then, like, just kind of— watched it and was like it is it is quite jarring um but almost in an over the top kind of way like to the point like you know it's kind of like beating a dead horse it's no like very game intended. of game of thrones kind game of, of thrones, thrones. thrones yeah i guess like the whole head smashing yeah the, the th- <laughs> spoilers there as well oh, but, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um thinking of other
1: times i had to close my eyes to violence and game of thrones game was on of that thrones list a couple just, times yeah probably. but that then it's instantly
2: that sort of that really like pretty brutal violence is instantly alleviated by some sort of like comedic relief right with with the other friend the the his uh, the his other coworker who can't reach the lock mm-hmm. and then he walks by and he he scares him like
0: I was really afraid he was going to kill him I yeah I was like very anxious during that
2: but yeah but it, it's it's meant to be sort of it's it's meant to sort of alleviate like People, I had people were chuckling in the theater. I'm pretty sure, like mm-hmm. that's sort of like it's like, oh, yeah. Like, for oh such no, an intense like, movie, exactly. there's there's a lot of laughter. Yeah, huh? yeah.
0: So maybe it's not a tragedy. Maybe so, it's a comedy. Yeah, well, I, think, nice. I think the <laughs> nice. the most the most
2: tense scene because I think even people uh, on the show were like um, when the when the TV show happened when he when he killed De Niro, uh, it was it was not. Um, like it, it, people, people kind of reacted in in different sort of ways. It wasn't like, oh god, like they kind of expected it, and it mm-hmm. was where I think the most dark scene or where people were really quite surprised was the first killing on the subway, because and and the mood of the sh- the movie and the and the music and the way he reacts, that really, oh yeah, suggests something that like I this wish is, we
0: we had time to talk about the. Uh Scene right after he first kills the three people on the subway and he dances, and yeah, one of my favorite. Yeah, I think that's such a like pivotal moment. You know, the music really changes his whole just his own presence in his body and and the way he sees himself in the mirror and things like that. His self awareness just like completely changes, and I think that's Mm -hmm. definitely like the beginning of his character.
2: Reference the taxi driver there too when he looks himself in the mirror after he killed, yeah, so he's so also another.
0: Yeah, but it was it was genuinely, like, kind of beautiful, that scene.
2: Yeah. It was. Like, that's I, I, one of my favorite. Also, when he locks himself in the fridge for some reason, I just love that scene. Oh, yeah. It's I kind super, of forgot about that. It's, it's really a really brief, weird, brief yeah. scene. And, and then we just, just hear,
0: like, the phone ringing and yeah. he gets onto the Yeah,
2: exactly. TV show but I love that scene. Those two, like, those two really stand out for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I got to run really quick. And you're, I'm sure you're yeah, about I think to wrap Yeah, we're up. about done Can I just anyways. say one thing before yes. I, I bolt? Let her loose. I think... Three movies that, uh, that kind of explore all of the Joker's ideas maybe in like more meaningful ways. Taxi Driver, Scorsese. King of Comedy, Scorsese. <laughs> which, like, King of Comedy is one of my faves. And then we were talking about this off-air, uh, the movie You Were Never Really Here. Um, I can't remember the director's name, but she did a really good job making it. Also starring Joaquin Phoenix in a very similar role where he's, he's like, troubled, he's alienated, he's taking care of his, his mother, and there's a weird relationship there. Mm -hmm. um but i think it does a really good job exploring like what we talked about with joker maybe how um society like lets its most vulnerable people go um and it's also just i think less troubling because there is more of like an anti-hero arc there so it doesn't get like bogged down by the the imagery of the joker Mm -hmm. you know and that being like this like like pure evil idea Mm -hmm. um yeah Thanks for having me on the show. Awesome.
0: Thanks for those recommendations. It was lovely having you. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. I think we're about done here, but thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Real World. Um, I don't know what our next one will be, but you can catch us back here in two weeks. And, um, yeah, have a good weekend. Bye-bye.
2: start living
5: start listening from features through music to news reflecting your views this is CY
3: CITR 101.9 FM broadcasting live from Vancouver UBC
5: accelerated program
3: accelerated programming since 1937